This is Silent Angels, a podcast that is dedicated to parents who lost their children and the children we love. I'm your host, Helen, Lucas's mom. Joining me today is Scott and Kim. Scott and Kim Woods are the founders of a nonprofit organization called the Beautiful Scar Project, based out of Littleton, Colorado. They are the proud parents of seven children, three living, four angels, as well as one grandson. Their parenting journey has included pregnancy loss, foster care, adoption, and a rainbow baby. Welcome, Scott and Kim. Thank you so much for having us. How's it going? Thank you for joining me today. Today is October fifteenth, the Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Day. It seems like you two have experienced a lot. That seems like even an understatement. Would you mind share with our listeners a little bit more about you and your family? Absolutely.、Um, so we are Scott and Kim Woods. We have been married for nine years. We've been together for fourteen. Yes, we have.、Um, and like we said, we have seven kiddos, three living: Jules, who's eighteen; Mason, who is seven; and we just had our rainbow baby, Joshua. So he's three and a half months old. We have four angels.、Um, our first three we lost to early term miscarriage:、um, Jackson,、uh, Regan, and Grace. And then we lost Caleb in December of 2011 at、uh, full term, the day before he was supposed to be born. Thank you for sharing that. I lost my son Lucas at the full term as well. I can imagine it probably came to you guys just like came to us as a total shock. How could you lose a full term baby in this day and age? Are there some best memories you'd like to share with us about Caleb? Angel. So after we had lost our first three babies,、um, we lost them all within a year of each other, and it was just devastating. And we just weren't we weren't in a good place.、Um, we didn't realize that there was help out there available for having a miscarriage, but we were lucky to find some help、um, before we got pregnant with Caleb. So we were able to do some grief work and kind of work through some of that. And then when we got pregnant with Caleb. We were super scared, but we were also excited. Caleb was super active, and so he and I used to have dance parties at night because <laughs> he was a night owl. So he and I used to dance, and I would sway back and forth、um, to get him to go to sleep. And it was all for naught because Scott works late; he's in the bar business. And as soon as I would come home and I cuddle up on her and I put my hand on on her belly. Kayla would be like, "Dad," and wake up, and I always got a kick out of that. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious, even though I had to go to work the next day, and I did not find it quite so hilarious. That's so sweet,、um, because my son gave me a very easy pregnancy, but every time my husband tried to feel the movement, he just won't move. So my husband didn't get to feel much of a. Um, Lucas's movement. That is such a sweet memory. I can imagine you just smile to your face when you talk about that.、Uh, are there any other good memories about Caleb you'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, there's so many about about each of them.、Um, with Jackson, we were just excited. He was our first. He was our first pregnancy,、um, and we were just excited to become parents. And then 
with Grace. Grace was our, our only babe that had a due date um, of our first three. It was really sweet to add. And then with uh, Reagan, we found out right as we were moving, we were moving from a one bedroom to a two bedroom. So it's like we, we could have a nursery and we could have a start a life and be like, this was it. This was going to be the change that we needed. And unfortunately, it, that didn't end up being that way. We have a 70 pound lab and Caleb would kick Luca in the face whenever Luca would come up and snuggle on him or try and cuddle with Kim and those movements that would make us laugh and make us smile. You could see his personality even then, which I just found to be so remarkable to really get to know your baby before they're born. And unfortunately, it was all the memories that we got with him. They're so sweet. They're so tender to us. And you're right. Even within your tummy, they already show their personalities, what they like or don't, do not like. You know, my husband hates spicy food, so I think Lucas doesn't like spicy food either. Because every time I had even just a little bit tiny spicy food when I was pregnant with him, he, he would make me throw up. But any other time, his dad likes meat and potato. Anytime I had meat and potato, he's perfectly happy. They are so sweet. You guys just have been through a lot. To me, that's even an understatement. So what are some, some of the things you have done or you are currently doing that you find it helpful with your grieving process? Um, I think for starters, um, just starting the Beautiful Scar Project was huge for us. It kind of gave us um, a legacy for our children um, who aren't with us. And it gave us something to focus on. Um, it gave us a future to focus on and some hope um, kind of in our darkest days. Um, for Scott, he turned his, his love letter, so to speak, was a golf tournament. Yeah, so six months after we lost Caleb, we had our first golf tournament and we donated the money that we raised to Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep, now I lay me down to sleep which is an a international organization that comes in and takes pictures of your baby after you lost him in the hospital and a phenomenal organization. So, um, And they just happen to be based out of Denver here too. So we donated profits from that golf tournament to that. And it's just grown from then. And, you know, I always try and make the golf tournament bigger and better every year. And Kim always has to rein me in and, and make <laughs> me uh, realize, be like, all right, slow down a little bit. Um, we got this going on. So um, that's always been my biggest love letter to, uh, to Caleb and the angels that we do every year. But I think the, the other piece with our first three, we didn't name them till after we lost Caleb. You know, we don't know gender or anything like that, but we're reading um, Heaven is for Real. Uh, there's that part in the book where Colton goes to heaven and meets his sister, and he's telling her his mom about it when he comes back. The angels didn't have a name, so that just kind of punched us in the gut. So we don't know the genders of our first three. We just kind of think that we've got two and two, and then our uh, sick and twisted joke is that if we're wrong the first one that gets to heaven gets to rename them so we tried to come up with just god awful names just yeah. like the worst names you could think of just to kind of chide each other about that you know we did therapy we just we knew we couldn't get through this loss um by ourselves and our we had a great support system with our family and friends but we knew we needed some extra support, so we went to therapy together, and then um, we also did some support groups together. We created some rituals, which um, we 
do to this day. You know, we're, we're almost at 10 years out from our first loss with Jackson. We're almost seven years out from losing Caleb and we still do um, these things, you know, to this day where we do something called the Five Candle Memorial before every holiday when we get together with our big family. So that way we kind of set the tone that we are missing for members of our family. We throw a big party for Caleb every year um, up at his place in the mountains. He's buried in Evergreen, Colorado, which is just gorgeous. And that's where Scott and I got married. So we figured our family started there and it would end there. So we throw him a big party every year with a theme. I scour Pinterest for like three months. Um, to do that. And then the last thing I would say is we have learned to kind of anticipate our triggers. Um, so for me, I know Halloween is a big trigger for me. And so I do a lot of work in September, kind of leading up to October to prepare myself for what October is going to look like and what Halloween is going to look like. And it, that anticipation and pre-work kind of serves me well and helps me get through some of my triggers in a healthier way. That sounds so helpful and especially to me because this Halloween will be our first Halloween and I'm already dreadful for it, for all the decorations, all the candies and I just, you know, I want to find a place to hide and to lick my wound. Um, put that aside, I want to go back to the Beautiful Scar Project. I just love this name. How did you guys pick this name? When we were at Caleb's funeral, um, our pastor was given his little eulogy or, or whatever it's called. And he starts talking about us. all wounds, whether they're external or internal, are um, going to leave a scar. And it's, it's how you care for that wound and how you nurture it and take care of yourself is is how it's going to scar so if you ignore it and you don't pay attention to it and you just kind of let it be you know it's going to get infected and it's going to turn nasty you could lose your life you could yeah it could eventually kill you um, but if you take care of your scar and you clean the wound and you change the bandages cover it you put medicine on it you really take care of it it'll turn into a beautiful scar um, either way both scars are going to be with you. This isn't something that's ever going to go away, but it's something that you're going to be proud of and is part of who you are. And I've got scars from cutting myself or falling over or whatever. And it's just like, let me tell you the story about behind this one. And it's the same thing with Caleb. It's let me tell you the story about this one. And I don't have any problems talking about Caleb or the angels because it's part of who we are. It's part of our, our scar. It's part of our story. And so we want to help the whole point of Beautiful Scar Project is to provide help and hope to families who've lost a baby. And we just want to make sure that um, they know they're not alone and we want to help them create their own beautiful scar, one that they're proud to show off, um, that they don't have to hide from the world. That is so nice and uh, encouraging. I found that with the pastor's analogy compared this to the internal scar is, is really right on. It is definitely not something we'll forget or will ever leave us. Can you share with us what are your visions for this nonprofit? And it be, this nonprofit has been around for a while and you have successfully raising money for some great organizations I love, Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep organization. Uh, they took some beautiful pictures for my baby Lucas. Um, so where do you see this nonprofit is going? What's your vision for this nonprofit? Man, that's a loaded question because we have big, big dreams. 
Um, so like you said, uh, Beautiful Scar Project has been around um, since 2012. We actually came up with the initial idea um, when we were in the hospital with Caleb making memories. We just felt like this should be a little bit easier. It's never going to be easy. Like losing your child is the worst thing you can go through, but it should just be a little bit easier, especially when it comes to trying to figure out how to make memories, how to choose a service provider who's going to care for your baby, how to choose between burying your child or cremating your child. You know, we were in our early thirties and, you know, faced with these decisions that we hadn't even figured out for ourselves yet. When you find out you're pregnant, you're preparing for a life. You're not preparing for a funeral. Exactly. So when we were in the hospital, I was given a um, blue folder and I dubbed it the blue folder of death. And it just had a couple excerpts from brief books and then it had a eight and a half by 11 piece of paper of mortuaries and cemeteries inside the, you know, inside this folder. I'm like, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to look at it. And I put it on the shelf and I dubbed it the blue folder of death. And I'm like, I'm not going to deal with that until our nurse finally is like, all right, you need to leave the hospital and you're going to have to make these decisions before you leave the hospital. It's like, what do you do? Do you get on Yelp and say, who's going to take care of my baby that passed away the best? Exactly. We didn't know what to do. So right then we're like, there has to be a better way. There has to be an easier way. So that's kind of where it started. And our first project is the White Folders of Hope. We raise money. We um, provide these folders to hospitals at no charge. Our second project is we donate a, a caring cradle every year as a result of the money we raise at a golf tournament. And that allows the uh, baby to stay in the room with you and gives the family the gift of time so you can have that time to make those memories with, with your child. And then our third project, we're actually launching, we're going to be taking couples to the mountains in here in Colorado and at a low cost to them, you know, you look at most of those retreats and they're thousands of dollars trying to make it as low cost as possible. Um, but we're going to do some, um, some grief work and and some breakout sessions breakout work, sessions workshops. we're gonna work with dads i got a big heart for dads because you know the first question i always get is how's your wife it's my kid too so it's um, his loss too we're gonna work with dads and, and couples and, and just kind of give them hope you know and then the idea is that we're gonna keep it small 10 couples at the most per retreat it's gonna give them their their little mafia their little family that they can go through this journey together and there can be along with them. So, you know, that's, that's kind of what we're doing. The question was, where do you see yourself? Where are you going to go? Everywhere. This is, <laughs> Kim always laughs at me and I'm, I'm the big idea guy. I want to be all over the world. Make sure no family experiencing this anywhere in the world is without help or hope. And you know, the retreats are here in Colorado, but It'll be open to anybody who wants to come. Like Scott said, we're going to keep them small because we want to foster that, those connections and those relationships. He mentioned the mafia and it's because I have what I like to call my grieving mommy mafia. And I met these amazing women through a support group. And when I was in my darkest days and I didn't feel like anyone understood what I was going through and I felt like I was going crazy and my family staring at me like, oh my gosh, are you ever going to come out of this like dark place that you're in? I don't know who you are anymore. These women are like, oh my gosh, been there, done that, got the t-shirt and the t-shirt has swear words on it. So I was perfectly at home with these amazing women. So I call them my grieving mommy mafia because 
whenever something was going on with one of us, if someone was saying something unkind or there was a family member pressuring someone or, you know, someone trying to control someone's grief journey, um, we all kind of rallied together and, they wanted you wanted to take that other person out. We did. We did it. They, they we never did. did. There was never any violence. We had we had restraint. Yes. Just absolutely. just just imaginations. I did not imagine that you could make me laugh. Um, I love the term uh, "grimy mommy mafia." I think I need one of those T-shirts, and I agree with you that uh, as women, we actually get a lot of support. Scott, you're right that the dads do not get as much, nearly as much support. But they have, you know, their process too, especially for some husbands. I don't know if it's that happened to you and Kim, but in our situation, my husband almost lost me and our child at the same time. That's just traumatic experience for, you know, for him. And so, is your retreat closed? Can I still send him to you? Why don't you give us the website of your beautiful Scott project and also maybe talk a little bit um, how other people can help you to accomplish all these beautiful projects you have in mind. Our website is www.thebeautifulscarproject.com and you can read all about our story. You can see our board of directors. We have different types of events that happen throughout the year. So like Scott said, our biggest fundraiser is our golf tournament, but we've done stuff like a tattoo festival before because tattoos are beautiful scars and one of the most inked up communities that I've ever seen in my life is the infant loss community to represent their children. Um, we've done a green chili cook-off. We actually just had our second annual green chili cook-off last month. We did a clay shoot this year. We do all kinds of um, fun events because it's a really hard thing what we do. You know, infant infant loss is just it's just awful, and it, no one should have to go through it. But we try to bring as much hope and as much joy to our events because we want these families to realize that they're not alone that there is this huge amount of support in the infant loss community that we want them to plug into. So um, you can always keep up with what we have going on on our website. We're on Instagram and Facebook as The Beautiful Scar Project. So head on over there and like us. We call ourselves Twittiots. We don't tweet very often. We try, but... Um, we do have a Twitter handle. It's Beautiful Scar C-O. Um, so that's how you can kind of keep up with all of us and, and what we have going on. Yeah, and I think on the website there's a there's a place to sign up for our newsletter that we send out um, frequently as well. There's a link on our website, thebeautifulscarproject.com, and uh, it allows you to just send a donation and send that in. It costs us um, about two hundred fifty dollars a hospital a year to um, fund the White Folders of Hope program. Um, so you can always do a donation in your baby's name for that and select a hospital that um, we're in to, to donate for that year's folders. Um, the Caring Cradle costs about $5,000, so that's an annual thing that we do. We're actually getting ready in the next um, week or two to make our donation for 2018 to a hospital here in Denver, so we're really excited about that. Um, so there's all kinds of different ways, and anybody who's local, if you you know, can't financially give, we would love, love, love volunteers. Um, so we have, like I said, events, we have folder stuffing parties. Um, we do all kinds of stuff. We want to make sure that our events are fun. So we're always having a blast. And like Kim said, I'm in the bar business. So there's always alcohol involved too. Yes, we usually try to have beer or something around.
you guys sound like a fun couple, and you really have many big ideas. And you know, this world is a better place because you two and all the amazing things you do. I want to go back to the grading a little bit in the rest remaining time we have. So, are there some things that other people have done, or either did or said to you that you found helpful, or you can also give me some example of something shouldn't have said, like something that's not helpful. Sure. Well, we like to try to start with the good、um, and kind of praise our tribe because we were unbelievably blessed by our friends and family who just really rallied around us. The first thing I would say is we had people who had been in our life for a really long time. They sat with us. They didn't、um, ask us to be any other way. They didn't, you know, want us to put on a mask and say that we're fine when we're not fine. Um, they just kind of met us where we were at. They met us in our mess, and they didn't have any expectations for us. They just checked in on us. They asked us how our marriage was. They asked us how we're doing individually. They set up a meal train for us. So we had for six weeks, five days a week, we had people bringing us food, and that was just unbelievable to not have to worry about cooking,、um, and we could just be,、um, especially because Scott had to go back to work so soon. You know, one thing I haven't been in college in 15, 20 years, and I was in a fraternity. I was in Sigma Chi, and we've always kind of made the joke of you're Sigma Chi for life, and once you're a Sig, you're always a Sig. And、um, when we lost Caleb seven years ago, boy, did they show up! They, I mean, they showed up in full force, and they raised, I think, three thousand dollars or something like that, and they sent Kim and I on、uh, vacation. They're like, you can do it how you can use the money however you want. You know, for funeral expenses or or whatever. But what we would really like to do is send you guys on vacation and send you to a beach where you two can just get away.、Um, and that was just amazing. So a big shout out to my Sigma Chi brothers. What are the bad things that、oh, people say?、Lord. It doesn't stop. We like to hope that most of the time the, it comes from a good place. I have a dear sweet friend who, anytime I'm frustrated with something someone says, she always reminds me, you know, Kim. They're really trying to come from a good place. She actually is another co-founder of another organization here in town. Her name's Gianna Wright from the Wishbone Foundation. She always says, you know, Kim, I, I gotta believe they're they're trying. They're just trying to find anything to say, and they're just, you know, they're coming from a good place. And I'm always like, dang it, Gianna, you just made me feel like crap because I'm so mad at them. And she has this like fantastic heart and way to look at it. So I always get mad at her because I would just want to be mad. I'll give you the worst one. So we lost Caleb in December. Obviously, Christmas came, and so we were sitting at our Christmas Eve service.、Um, our pastor had used our story in his Christmas Eve sermon, and so we're just bawling in the back of the church. And the you know, ugly cry, the like, ugly cry, not running down、oh, your face. Oh, it was so, it was so, so ugly. And so we,、um, you know, they, they finished up the service, and you know, there's people coming up to us and just saying, "I'm so sorry," and what have you. And there was an older couple who came up to us and said, "You know." Perhaps if you were better Christians, God would have spared your baby. And Scott and I just sat there, shocked that mouth, anyone mouth on the floor, yeah, mouth agape. We couldn't believe this occurred that someone would actually not only just think it but say it out loud. That was that was the absolute worst. But you know, we've had people compare、um, the loss of our son to the loss of their dog and say that if we have another baby, just like they just got another dog, then we would feel better. Um, But you know, that's those are the couple of bad things, and then, yeah, you know, like I said, those are just 
it just goes it could we could go on forever with forever. the bad stuff but <laughs> you know like we said about christmas you know that's another thing that how friends and family can show up is um, i gotta give my parents credit is they they didn't do anything for christmas they didn't put up any christmas decorations they put up one small little tree they called it caleb's tree they, yeah they called it caleb's tree and we just went up there and there was no presents there was no decorations there was no christmas songs and we just sat and we ate non-traditional family food. I think she made enchiladas or something that year. And it was hard because we were coming from my parents' house where we had a brand new niece. She's uh, eight weeks older than Caleb. We had another little niece who was three. And so we had to put on the show because for them, you know, we can't bring down their Christmas. So we really felt like we had to wear this mask and, and act like, you know, everything is fine. And we just, it wasn't, it was terrible. And so, Going up to Scott's parents' house um, was, oh my gosh, it, it just saved us that year for Christmas just because she did, my, my mother-in-law took down all the decorations because she had started decorating, she took them all down um, and and it was just, they met us where we were, they met us in our mess and, um, you know, my family felt terrible, you know, that we were feeling that way, but it's like, you know, for the little girls, like we, you know, our nieces, we had to make sure that they still had a good Christmas, but we just couldn't deal. So we, um, so yeah, Scott's, Scott's family. Oh man. Huge shout out to them. Wow. I'm amazed that with all you have been through and some of the things that you mentioned that, you know, helpful and not helpful. I can sympathize that. And I heard the similar comments from other parents, angel parents are interviewed as well. And that's one of the objectives of podcast show is to help educate the people around us to learn how to talk and communicate and offer support to people like us who've been through such a traumatic, um, tragic experience. Since you guys have been through this for a while and you certainly find a beautiful way to honor all your angel children and find meaning in life. In closing, can you give parents who are just experienced this like, like me? I mean, the holiday season is coming up. If you can give like one or two advice just to help first year parents, uh, what would you say to them? I would say first and foremost, exit strategy. I am a people pleaser to the umpteenth degree. I hate letting people down. And Caleb, I always say Caleb made me brave because Caleb taught me the best word that I've ever learned. And that word is no. So whenever we would have to go to a function, even if it's not around a holiday, but especially around the holidays, if we had to go to a function, Scott and I would always come up with a word that was like our our exit strategy it's t it's typically mistletoe <laughs> we typically there's, we typically say mistletoe hey do you want to go to the store and get some mistletoe there's the uh vince vaughn and reese witherspoon movie um for christmases. christmases whenever they had to get out of that situation it was mistletoe or we position ourselves in the back of the room so if we if we went to a wedding if we went to you know a party we always made sure that we were kind of near an exit so that way if it got to be too overwhelming that we could make you know a quick exit a hasty exit um and try to 
not draw attention to ourselves. The other thing I would suggest is coming up with a ritual, um, figuring out you know what works for you. Like I said, we do the five candle memorial before every holiday. Doesn't matter what holiday it is. I've heard of families leaving an empty seat at the table. They still set a set a spot for their loved one, but um, no one sits in that spot. You know, I would also definitely say you know support around the holidays is crucial just because there are so many triggers around holidays man um, like you were talking about with Halloween you know for a lot of a lot of families it's the little baby Halloween costumes that do it for me it's the death aspect so when I'm walking around and I see you know fake tombstones as decorations and I'm just like yeah it's all well and good unless you've had to pick out your own child's tombstone so after the first year or two that's when I learned my triggers a little bit more I start paying attention to them but I just really you know I had to call in some reinforcements for sure um, and just practicing self-care and part of that self-care like I said is saying no it's not always massages or pedicures you know sometimes the best thing you can do is say no even if you've committed to going to something if you just can't do it you just can't do it you know in the beginning People would always say, oh, just take it one day at a time. One day is too much. It's too much. So Scott and I adopted a phrase and it's basically one day, one moment, one decision at a time. So if the only thing I did that day was get out of bed or the only thing Scott did that day was take a shower, like that was a win. That was a win for our day in the beginning. There's no manual for this. It's just freaking awful. So, you know, anything you can do to practice self-care for yourself is is huge. And the, the other kind of thing that we've always we've kind of discovered over the time is the lead up can be almost worse, worse than, the, than day. the day. The day still sucks. It sucks. But the lead up to it and the, the can be can be even worse. Um, and then the other thing to keep in mind is on the back side of it is what we call the grief hangover and you are just wiped out and you're emotional and you're edgy and you just want to sleep for days days and it's because of all that emotion that have that has gone through your body through your body and it's just long. and it just wipes you out yeah grief hangover you you guys hit the nail right on the head i can listen to you guys talk all night um, i already feel um I would say a little, ho little hopeful, a little better um, after listening to you. I hope our listeners, uh, the angel parents, will feel the same way. Um, I hope they will check your website and offer you any support they can, whether it's financial, whether volunteer. Uh, you are here in town in Colorado, and we are blessed to have you guys you know, so close in this beautiful state and doing all the amazing things. Um, Scott and Kim, Thank you so much for joining me today and share your experience, your insights, and your advice. I can't say this enough. The world is a beautiful place. It's a better place because of you too. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for telling us about Lucas. We really love hearing about him. Thank you. You are listening to Silent Angels, a podcast that is dedicated to parents who lost their children and the children we love. Silent Angels podcast is produced by Helen Rowley and Susan Zhou. Our website address is OurSilentAngels.org If you are a grieving parent or you know a grieving parent who wants to be interviewed or if you just want to send us your comments or questions, 
please email us. Our email address is oursightedangels at gmail dot com. Thank you for listening.